My voice is a little bit hoarse today, but we're going to try and power through to talk about an important topic on the podcast today, special teams, and why the NFL's new fair catch rule on kickoffs is going to make the Chicago Bears kickoff returner more important, not less. You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter, at CoxSports1. You can follow the podcast on Twitter, at Locked On Bears. You can like Locked On Bears on Facebook. You can join the Locked On Bears Facebook group for even more Bears talk. And wherever you listen to the podcast, make sure you hit that subscribe button to keep up with all of our daily in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. That's all podcast platforms and the Locked On Bears YouTube channel. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, and we appreciate all of our everydayers tuning in five days a week. But even if this is your first time tuning in, we appreciate you as well. And just know that I don't normally sound like this, but uh, my Memorial Day weekend involved the Indianapolis 500 race and uh, my voice got a little bit overused on Sunday more than I uh, had anticipated. But hey, Still here to do the podcast with you and still uh, looking forward to talking some special teams today. Apologize in advance for any any voice cracks or uh, coughing that may break out in the middle of this recording, but we're working through it. On the show today, let's talk about this new NFL fair catch kickoff rule. We'll hear from Bears head coach Matt Eberflus on his thoughts on why he thinks we could end up seeing more returns or more different types of returns as opposed to less. But I want to take it a step further and explain why this rule change makes the Bears kickoff returner and kickoff return team even more important than in previous seasons. We'll have a bigger impact on making sure that you have the right guys back there on your team. And we'll talk more broadly about the NFL's trend away from kickoffs and away from special teams more generally. But if you missed it late last week, the NFL owners approved another rule change. Just right now, it's only for 2023. It'll be a one-year trial, and then perhaps it will become permanent like so many of these do. But they've essentially made NFL kickoffs the same as college kickoffs to where you can call a fair catch even outside of the end zone and get a touchback to the 25-yard line. Basically, if you call a fair catch anywhere from the 25-yard line or back, your team will then fair catch it and get the ball as though it were a touchback, making touchbacks everywhere around there. The NFL saying that they want to try and then reduce, in some sense, the number of kickoff returns because that's where they're seeing a, a, a higher rate of injuries and they're trying to reduce injuries and trying to make this more of a safer part of the game, try and reduce some of the concussion risks on kickoffs in particular. That kickoffs that are shorter than 25 to the 25 yard line can still be, I guess they still can be fair caught and you get it wherever you caught them, fair caught the ball or they'll be returned, but there'll be less, less of a run up to that return because it'll be closer to where the ball was kicked. And presumably that is supposed to be a little bit safer. We've seen this play out in college football. Then you see a lot of teams, you know, if you kick it off and it doesn't quite make it to the end zone, they're going to fair catch it. If it's inside the five, inside the 10, inside the 15, it becomes a slightly different strategy. But Bears head coach Matt Eberflus thinks it's going to change the strategy even more so than we see right now in college football. You know, I think it'll change tactically uh, what teams are going to do. 
um, because it, the rule is in now. There's nothing you can do about it, uh, but it will change. You know, I think you'll get more squib kicks. I think you'll get more drop kicks, you know, more uh, drive kicks, those types of things, and make guys return it. And I, I, I suspect you'll see more returns than less. And, but that's just what, what I'm thinking right now. Um, but uh, we'll see what happens. So the reason why Matt Eberflus thinks then we'll see more squib kicks, more drop kicks, et cetera, is because then just like it is now with, with the, the, with the touchback game, like the goal is to always try and pin the opposing special teams, the opposing offense as far back as possible. And so if you know that anywhere inside the 25 yard line, they can call a fair catch and get the ball at the 25 yard line. What you want to do is then tempt them to return the ball or force them to return the ball by bouncing it on a squib kick or, you know, other thing. Once it, once it hits the ground, you can no longer fair catch it. So if you squib it, you know, there's no fair catch at that point and it has to be returned. The problem with the, with the squib kick is that are you going to get that consistently past the 25 yard line or will someone get it up closer to the 25, you know, 30, 35 yard line, one of the up men and try and return it that way. And then all of a sudden you're still giving them better field position than you just kicked it deep and let them fair catch it. But in particular, right, you're going to want to put the ball as close to the 25 yard line as you can perhaps, but not past the 25 yard line to try and get them to return it and get tackled short of the 25 yard line. You know, is every team's kickoff returner going to call a fair catch if the ball's at the 15? Do they think, okay, I can get these 10 yards plus a few extra yards and make this return then worth not calling the fair catch and where that threshold is going to be. And this idea of like, can you try and goad teams into ultimately making the worst decision for their field position on these kickoffs? You know, can you get an effective squib kick that's going to bounce past the up men so that the deep kick returner has to pick it up and has to return it and maybe has to start well behind their 25 yard line. And it becomes easier to, you know, try and get them that way. We've also seen teams, you know, try and in college, especially like directionally kick it low and flat, try and get it to sort of bounce and land even before the kick returner can get to it over in the, you know, the five, 10 yard line type range. And you always try and you're sort of aiming it towards the sidelines. You don't want to kick it completely out of bounds, but it's going to change the strategy for how you kick it. And as Iberflus said, like you do want to try and make guys return it because that's also an opportunity to try and cause a fumble or get a penalty that will move their field position back as well, draw a holding, something like that to try and give the opposing offense worse starting field position as opposed to just saying automatically, okay, you take it at the 25-yard line. That seems to be kind of what the NFL is hoping for more of is just teams saying, screw it, give the other team the ball to 25 and we'll, our defense will just stop them. They're not going to go 75 yards on us each and every time. But I think we'll see some teams try and be strategic about it, especially in certain in different situations in the game to try and force them to return it when maybe the other team might not want to. This, for me, makes it all the more critical then that the Bears have a both effective but also smart kickoff return man and as athletic group of upbacks and blockers as possible. So we'll apply what this means for the Bears in the kick return game and, and look at some of the different options as kick returners next on Locked On Bears. The Locked On Bears podcast is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. And as I said, my voice is hoarse today because I was camping out at the Indy 500 this weekend. And you know what I brought with me as one of my main go-to snacks while out in the tent with a fire? 
was Built Bars because they are the world's best tasting protein bars. They fill me up. They taste delicious and sweet. I had some of their new very vanilla Built Bars, which was really great mix of flavors. Like it was a nice, it's a nice change of pace from the raspberry I typically go to or the cookies and cream. I really like very vanilla is another really solid flavor from them because like all their other flavors, it's covered in 100% real chocolate. It's soft. It's easy to chew and it tastes like a candy bar. But somehow it's also good for me. It's low sugar, low calories, high fiber, and high protein. And that high protein made it a great snack when you're out camping. Whether you're at the Indy 500 or just at home in your pantry, Built Bars are always a great snack option. You can check out all their amazing flavors at Built.com. Or you can go get them even faster in person at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. Walmart has their four bar boxes of double chocolate, their coconut puffs, and cookies and cream. And you can also go into Sam's Club and get a 13-bar box of their Great flavors, two of my all-time favorite flavors, brownie batter puff and churro puffs. You got to try them for yourself and then trust me, you'll thank me later. We saw last season when poor decisions by return men on the Chicago Bears cost this team field position and sometimes maybe arguably football games, wins and losses. And I think when you add in this new dynamic on the kickoff return game, it makes that job more important, not less. Because all of a sudden, you know, on, on kickoffs, the decision has always been, okay, you know, do you take it out of the end zone or not? And that's one where it's like a lot of teams don't have a kick returner that you feel like is so special that they're going to take it out of the end zone all the time. And most of the time, teams can kind of say, like, listen, if you're, if, you, if you're taking more than a few steps in the end zone, just fair catch it. And the end zone is kind of a big, broad area to where it's like, yeah, okay, you're in there, go. You're outside of the end zone. Or you're in there, fair catch. You're outside the end zone, go. We saw last year a few times, I think, when the likes of, of Valus Jones, and I don't, I don't want this to be a throw Valus Jones under the bus kind of episode here, but like he had some problems on, on special teams, as we might remember last season. And that's what makes this important, that Valus Jones took a few out of the end zone that we weren't crazy about. And, and in the past, you know, we've seen Khalil Herbert do that as well. And even Tristan Ebner, like the Bears have had some trouble with guys making the right decision on when to take it out of the end zone or not. A lot of that has to do with the trajectory of the kick. If it's a high kick that's in the air for a long time and it takes a long time for the ball to actually get to the returner, you want to fair catch it or take a knee at that point because that'll give the coverage team of the kicking team more time to get downfield to tackle you short of the 20-yard line or 25-yard line. Whereas if the kickoff ends up being a little bit more flat and gets into your hands quickly, then maybe you can take it out of the end zone because, again, the, return, the coverage team hasn't, hasn't had then as much time to get downfield to try and tackle you. But now you add on top of that, you have to pay extra close attention to, okay, how close to the 25-yard line am I? You know, will the Bears have a hard and fast? It can't be like just a hard and fast rule. Like, okay, if you're past the 15, return it. If you're behind the 15, fair catch it. Because, again, it kind of depends on the trajectory of the ball. If it's a flat kickoff, you might be able to catch. If you can catch it out of the air, you might be able to get a head start on the coverage team and get to the 30, 35, 40-yard line and give your team that important field position. Or if it's a really high kick, but it's going to come down at the 20. You might still want to fair catch it, even though you're past the 15, but because it was so high. So all of a sudden it's another dynamic for the return man to have to think about. Do I, do I return this? Do I fair catch it? How quickly do I decide to waive the fair catch? Cause you can't do it at the last, you know, the very last second you have to decide fairly quickly on when and where to do that. So to be able to triangulate where the ball is going to land and how quickly it's going to get there. And then should I return it or should I not is a set of pivotal decisions by that unit. And of course we saw last season, 
that be a problem at times. And now you make it even more complicated. It's it's a particular pressure that we're going to see on who does the Bears return game. And we saw that list of names rotate quite a bit last season. Vilas Jones did the majority of them, but Tristan Ebner got a shot at it. Khalil Herbert got a shot of it. And I think, you know, there were a couple of the short kicks that other people ended up returning, but they did not really have like one guy that for the entire season was like, yep, he's great. We trust him. He's got the job locked down week one to week 18. It had to be a, a, a rotation there for, for injury reasons. You know, the Khalil Herbert ended up needing to do more on offense when David Montgomery was hurt here and there. So then he didn't have as much of a role there. And then there were some fumbles, I think, involved in there and other, <laughs> other reasons why guys were getting kind of taken out of lineup on punt game as well. So like it, it was a little bit of a mess without a clear front runner. And it's not as like the it's not as though the Bears really went out and and made a massive change at that spot. It's pretty I mean all all the guys that returned kickoffs and punts last year are back. There's a few new names that we could mix in there, but it's not like, you know, they didn't bring in a a Cordero Patterson type this season, right? The guy who's like, "Okay, they signed him. He's going to be the kick return guy." It's pro I mean it's at this point, Valus Jones was your go-to kickoff return guy last year. He's going to be right in the mix to, to compete there. It's going to be a competition, certainly, throughout training camp, OTAs, and the preseason. But it's going to be, I mean, I think we have to start with the three guys that did it last year. Valus Jones, Khalil Herbert, Tristan Ebner. Those might be your three favorites uh, in terms of the, if, we're, if we're sort of making odds here, right? The betting favorites for the kick return game. It's probably going to be either Jones or, or Herbert, considering Tristan Ebner is fighting for his 53-man roster spot, but that could be his ticket to the 53-man roster. A couple other names to add in there now from this offseason. I would say uh, Travis Homer, the running back they brought over from the Seattle Seahawks. He was a guy who has done some kickoff returning for Seattle in the past. And then Tyler Scott, the rookie from Cincinnati, he did a couple of kickoffs in college. I think it was six over the course of three seasons and really it was the course of two seasons was when he was used on him and really it was only like a game or two he was thrown back there so it's not something he had a lot of experience with in college but given that he's got speed explosiveness playmaking after the catch and that he's not going to be a prom I mean he's not going to be a number a top three wide receiver on this team at best he'll be wide receiver four so he might have more capacity than more more you know durability more more endurance is the word I was looking for to contribute more on special teams in that way. He was a gunner at Cincinnati on special teams on the coverage units. Like he's going to be in on special teams no matter what, but can you add kick returning to his plate because he doesn't have to do as much on offense, perhaps this season as he did in previous years at Cincinnati. And as you hope he can grow into, into a bigger role in the NFL, I think he could be in the mix there. I wonder if Darnell Mooney maybe gets a shot because he's no longer the number one wide receiver with DJ Moore here, but he still has a big role on offense. So we'll kind of see who they ultimately decide to rotate in. But we have to remember now, right? The decision is not just who's the fastest, most explosive guy who's most likely to take this to the house every time. It's also who's going to make the smartest decision on when to fair catch, when to take a touchback and when to take it out because that was an issue for Valus Jones last season. And my money at this point is on Khalil Herbert. I think given the depth that they've added at running back with Dante Foreman and then Roshan Johnson, that there's more room for Herbert to do more on kick returns and it's not too much on his plate if he has a slightly, I don't want to say slightly reduced offensive role, but there's just more more running backs to go around on offense. I think he he has the combination of take it to the house ability and made better decisions his, in, in recent memory on tape as a kick return guy compared to Valus Jones. But I think it's a great opportunity for Valus Jones 
to grow and show improvement and to win that job. It certainly is a winnable spot for him to make an impact on this team besides just offense, but to be able to be someone who can be an impact special teams player as well is going to be important for his career trajectory and his continued growth and making that third round pick that they used on him more worthwhile for this team. But this kickoff return trend is more of a broader thing where we're seeing the NFL move away from special teams. I mean, we've seen it since the days of Devin Hester, how the league has moved away from a lot of the things that made him so great and neutralized some of what he was so effective at as a returner. And I think it's a shame not only for what we've enjoyed watching in the NFL, but there's a certain aspect here of how players make it in the league and how special teams is the ticket in for guys that otherwise would not have been able to be nearly as successful or make even careers for themselves in the National Football League. Sometimes it's it's their whole career and it's their only way into the league. And sometimes it's the way that a guy comes in on special teams and then becomes something more than a special teamer down the line. So we'll look at some of those different paths and, and what this what this slow elimination of the kickoff seems to be trending away from next on Locked On Bears. I think we as Chicago Bears fans, followers of this team for a many number of years now, I think we have a unique, not a, not a wholly unique, but a, a particularly strong appreciation of special teams that not every other fan base has. I think certain fan, I think, it, I think there's a spectrum here. I certainly think the way that special teams has tormented Green Bay over the last four or five seasons, or maybe probably more like seven or eight now, I don't think Green Bay Packers fans appreciate good special teams or maybe maybe they maybe, let me put it this way they would they appreciate good special teams because they know what bad special teams looks like but i don't think like we want special teams more we would miss special teams more here in chicago just from what we've seen from this team over the years than packers fans who i think would be happy to see special teams more eliminated from from the game because of of course the legacy of devin hester but also dave tobe and how valuable the bears have been at you know of course Back then with Dave Tobe, not anymore, but with punt block teams and, and field goal blocking and, and just good coverage units shutting down opposing return men. Like the Bears have a recent history of great special teams. And so I think in, inherently there's a, a certain appreciation for it here of like, yes, we, we like special teams and we want special teams to stick around. But I think every team, every fan base should also have an appreciation for the ways that special teams shapes your roster each and every season and the way that guys make it onto this team for their special teams ability and either carve out a whole career and, and, you know, create generational wealth for their family based on their special teams ability, or even more, even more special is when a guy makes the team because he's good on special teams and then ultimately builds himself up into a bigger and better role on offense or defense and makes even more money and makes a career for himself and, and finds his opportunity to shine in the NFL that he wouldn't have gotten if he hadn't had those spots on special teams. Because, you know, if we start a limit, if, if we, we, we extrapolate this down the line, as we get, as we neuter the kickoff more and more for good reason for player safety, player safety is important. And this is not a, Hey, we shouldn't keep the players safe. Agreed. There, there's not an easy solution here of like, yes, kickoffs are dangerous. There is data to support that, but I also don't want them to get rid of kickoffs. But how do you, how do you both keep, keep kickoffs and make the game more safe? Well, I don't have, I don't have a good answer for that, but this is not a like, I am pro player safety and the game should be safer for players. But kickoffs are, are so are so fun and also so important for guys that we've seen make this Bears team over the years. I mean, special teams players have been some of my favorite players over the years. I mean, we saw even last year, like 
He's not a good example right now because he's not under contract, but DeAndre Houston Carson, as a six-round pick, was a special teams ace. And in the last two seasons, he stepped onto the field on defense due to injuries and played pretty darn well. Like, we loved watching DeAndre Houston Carson. Like, he was fun to see on the field. You know, I think back to a year or two ago, Thomas Graham, a six-round pick. Special teams guy made the 53-man roster that way, but stepped onto the field, played really, really well, and then went on and was playing well for the Browns in recent seasons and is still still around in the NFL. We've seen Bears linebackers start to build up that way. Undrafted free agents like, like Christian Jones back in the day had to be a special teams guy in order to make his way up onto this defense and become an NFL starter for multiple teams and, and came back to the Chicago Bears this past season. You know, the, the Sam Achos of the world. And, you know, we've seen it on wide receivers, uh, offense, uh, on offense with wide receivers like, you know, Devin Aroma should do back in the day, Cam Meredith, you know, some of these guys that just started as special teamers, number three running backs as well, and build their way up onto this roster. And if we got down to this future where, you say kickoffs are, I guess, eliminated, I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to imagine them fully removing them, but to where, you know, kickoffs just aren't a part of the team, then all of a sudden when you're trying to decide, you know, who's going to be your number five and six wide receivers, your number five and six cornerbacks, perhaps you're going to be more inclined to keep like a Nikhil Harry type who isn't contributing to you on special teams, but you just feel like he's got the physical tools, height, weight, speed to be worth, you know, we want to develop this wide receiver on the end of the bench that isn't very good and instead keep him instead of a special teams player that doesn't end up getting that shot in the NFL because, you know, they don't have the height, weight, speed, but, but, but just because they don't have the height, weight, speed doesn't mean they can't ultimately end up becoming very good, effective wide receivers. Again, like the name, the list of names, I think of the, you know, the short white slot guys from the New England Patriots, the Wes Welkers and the Julian Edelmans of the world. Like some of these guys start building their way up with some of their special teams ability, their return ability as well. Certainly, you know, would Devin Hester be the guy, he, would he, what would his NFL career have looked like if, Yes, he was a great punt returner, but if so kickoff returns were limited, he still would have been a good punt returner, yes. But you just think about the legacy of some of these guys. A Cordero Patterson, would he have the kind of career he has had without kickoffs? Would you know, would Devin Hester coming in as a cornerback who ended up moving to wide receiver? Like, how much does he make this Bears roster if special teams isn't a part of that conversation? I mean, it's 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 history that's been a part of this league and it's history of this team in particular and has been a part of some of the most special moments of this team. And so that's why, like... We, we value this and it, it, it's so important to the journey for some of these players and to give these guys opportunities that they wouldn't otherwise. And, it, and I just hope that the NFL can find a way to keep the kickoffs and the punt game a part of this game. I'm, I'm curious if it does change the kind of players that we see blocking on kick returns. If we, if, if Matt Eberflus, as we heard at the beginning, if his, if his hypothesis is correct, that we'll see more squib kicks, pooch kicks, short kicks, you know, does that mean not the deep kickoff return man, but one of the guys blocking in front of him is more likely to catch the ball. Does that mean you need to have bigger or I guess faster athletes at those positions that might not be, you know, you're going to put a tight end there or a fullback, a tight end there or a running back. You know what I mean? Would you rather have somebody like Roshan Johnson up at that up back spot or Travis Homer up at that up back spot that you feel like when he catches it, he can do a little something with it compared to, you know, like again, like Cole Komet or, or Jay or, um, or, Bob Tanyan, like, yes, they can both do a little something with it, but Cole Komet and Bob Tanyan are not going to return a kickoff, you know, 65, 70, 75 yards for a touchdown. They're not that fast. They might run over a guy and get you some yards, but they're not going to take it back all the way. Whereas Travis Homer 
has a kick, has a, he returned an onside kick for a touchdown a couple of years ago in Seattle. Like he can, he can do that as an up man. He can take it back all the way. A Roshan Johnson can, can break away from people here and there. They're just a little bit faster. Do you end up putting faster athletes on your kickoff return team? That might not be as good of a blocker as say the tight ends, or sometimes you'll see defensive linemen on the block team. We've seen, we've seen the bears put defensive linemen on the kickoff return team as well, but you don't want them with the ball in their hands as a potential return man. So does that change how the bears and other teams decide who gets on the field on their kick return team? And then if depending on who gets on the field on their kick return team, does that change who gets on the 53 man roster? Are you more likely to keep a fourth running back because they'd be more valuable as an up man blocker on the kickoff return team than you would be to keep your ninth defensive lineman or your seventh linebacker or your fifth safety? You know, does does that make a difference in how this roster is shaped? I'm really curious to see how the Chicago Bears approach this because Rand Eberflus seems to be taking a proactive approach of like, yeah, this is going to change and we're going to be ready for more returns. We're not going to expect fewer returns. We're going to be ready for more, ready for whatever teams are going to throw at us. I hope I hope you learned something there. I hope I hope you enjoy the special teams talk the way I do because I think we do have something about this this city and this team. Loving special teams. I want to hear your special teams thoughts. You can tweet us at Lockdown Bears. You can post in the Lockdown Bears Facebook group. Leave a comment on the Lockdown Bears YouTube channel. Let me know how bad my voice sounds. Be nice about it, but let me know how was it distracting? Did it sound super different to you? I didn't I don't think I voice cracked yet on this podcast. I probably jinxed myself here as we get to the end here. But I know it doesn't sound great. It's raspy. It's rough. But I'm thinking by tomorrow. I should be good because it was much, much worse yesterday before I was recording. Anyway, however you do it, make sure that you hit that subscribe button on YouTube or wherever you listen to the podcast because that's going to be the best way to keep up with all of our daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. Thanks for making the Locked On Bears podcast your first listen today and every single day. We love our everydayers here in the Locked On, po- on Locked On Bears and on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day because if you're an everydayer then that means every day you get another opportunity to bear down